0: It is time for midday. to 1130 on this Friday. Here at KRVN, Tyler Cavalli along with you. Thanks for tuning in. Temperatures warming up nicely here in Nebraska. Teens and upper 20s now. Meanwhile, if you're northeast Colorado, almost mid-30s. Down in Kansas, Salinas at 36 degrees. Hayes is at 33. So nice warm temperatures already. We'll get a... a full look at the weekend of forecasts with paul perkins coming up here in uh, about 15 minutes or so jason jorgensen's here with sports he'll tell us more about high school wrestling and uh, bob brogan will tell us how stocks are doing to end the week but let's send things over to carney where our own susan littlefield is at at the nebraska cattleman's classic and susan how are you doing
1: i am doing great i just got the chance to announce the penna three heifer show at some beautiful, beautiful heifers that are going to be coming up for sale uh, later today. Heifer sale gets underway at noon. So if folks are looking for some great prospect heifers for their kids to show or hmm. just to add to their herd, this is the place to be today. And the weather's nice.
0: That's right. And, you, again, you said the, the sale starts
1: at noon. The sale will start promptly at noon, and they will sell all breeds, no break. They'll go through the heifers that showed here on Wednesday, and they'll also sell these 10-3 heifers. But the cool thing is, after the, all the heifers have shown, the AYC, those, um, the aspiring young cattlemen, mm-hmm. they will sell their 12 bred heifers as well. So uh. great opportunity to get some beautiful heifers for your operation.
0: Okay, very good. Well, what do you have for us on midday here on Friday?
1: Well, we're going to kick it all off at 1219. It is a Friday, which means we hear from Al Dutcher, Nebraska's ag climatologist. He brings us good news, of much more pleasant outlook for the next two weeks. Then at 1245, I caught up last night with Congressman Don Bacon. He represents the 2nd District, so kind of like the Omaha area. He actually was in Kearney. He spent some time out in Scotts Bluff, moving his way across the state. He's been appointed to the House Ag Committee again this year, and he's taken his role in this Ag Committee very seriously, learning more about Nebraska agriculture that he can take back to Washington, D.C. And then it is the FNBO Friday Feeders. We're going to hear more from Alex as she updates us on her Friday feeder this afternoon at one seventeen.
0: All right, very good. We look forward to all of that. Enjoy the Nebraska Cattleman's Classic.
1: We'll do so looking forward to seeing folks.
0: All right again that's Susan and Incarnate, at the Cattleman's Classic. Let's turn things over to Jason in sports and another busy day of high school state wrestling in Omaha.
2: Day three is underway, class B matches taking place at this point. Class C will go later on tonight. Uh, classes A and D wrapped up last night. There were some state champions from our region. If you'd like to see all of those results, you can find that at krvn. dot com. Big volleyball match in Lincoln tonight. Top five matchup it gets real for the Huskers in a hurry as they'll take on fifth ranked Minnesota. That one starts at eight. We'll have it tonight on eight eighty KRVN. We we'll get some comments from Coach Cook. It was a nice way for the Lopers to kind of for the Huskers to segue into this first six matches weren't the toughest in the world but they'll have to play at a higher level tonight and sunday against the gophers that's right it's an interesting friday sunday type of deal instead
0: of friday saturday but uh it's covid that's right hopefully we get those games in if, if anything so all right very good thank you jason let's turn things over to bob and how are stocks doing so far
3: some modest gains being seen in trading recovering some ground after a few days of losses And uh, small company stocks rising more than the rest of the market, as they have done, done since the beginning of the year. Those companies would benefit the most from a pickup in the economy. Also, sales of previously occupied U.S. homes rose again last month. Details on those stories in the business news. All right.
0: Thank you very much. Let's turn things over to Clay Patton. And it's time for Regional Ag Weather Update, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. And we're now joined, as always, by Paul Perkins. And, well, Paul, we're seeing some nice temperatures, especially if you're down in the Kansas region, 36 right now in Salina.
4: Well, it's just unbelievable. Of course, a little less uh, snow cover from about Concordia to Salina. If you look at a satellite photo, you can really make that out on a satellite photo. But, uh, yeah, definitely some warming going on across the area, some welcome warming Mm -hmm. and amazing how these temperatures in the teens and 20s feel so good right now they do and
0: (laughs) we're going to continue to see those temperatures rise a little bit this weekend
4: yeah getting above freezing so even a little bit more snow melting despite uh, of course add to add on to the sunshine melting the snow despite the temperatures still remaining below freezing but we are watching some increasing cloud cover move in from the west today so some filtered sunshine right now probably giving way to a little more cloud cover as the day goes on Mm -hmm. nothing too much in the way of precipitation maybe a few flurries scouts bluff to kimball into northeast colorado and maybe just to the west of Ogallala. but right now it's doubtful a lot of that moisture is making it to the ground which speaking
0: of moisture this these temperatures warming up will allow some of that snow to
4: melt over this weekend. Yeah, and with some light winds at night, we could see some patchy fog form because of that melting snow, some kind of a trade-off. But if we get some westerly winds, that helps to prevent that fog from forming.
0: All right, very good. Temperatures right now mostly in the teens here in central Nebraska. Some 20s uh, sprinkled around, but uh, temperatures will rise throughout the
4: day. Uh Yeah, most of us upper teens to low 20s right now. As warm as 25 right now in northeastern Nebraska, Toward towards the Columbus area, a little more sunshine helping in the warm-up as you go towards the east. And as Tyler mentioned, right along I-70 into southern Kansas, those temperatures on into the 30s and even some low and mid-30s on into northeast Colorado. With the ridge of high pressure moving overhead and a warm front track to the east today and tomorrow, our temperatures finally getting above freezing. but still about 10 degrees cooler than normal for this time of year. It just feels better, though. Clouds will mix with the sunshine as low pressure approaches. Combination of some moisture in the air from the melting snow today and some light winds for tonight will lead to some patchy fog forming. Some light snow is possible for tomorrow night into Sunday morning with a quick moving area of low pressure and a weak cold front. Not expecting much in the way of any snow if reduced any. Any of the snowfall amounts expected to range from a trace to maybe one to two inches and mainly probably a trace to an inch. Temperatures will remain nearly the same behind that front for Sunday. A westerly flow underneath the ridge of high pressure the early half of next week, warming up the temperatures to seasonal and slightly above average. A cold front will level off those temperatures to slightly below average, By Wednesday and Thursday, currently no precipitation expected with that front. In the long-term forecast, temperatures for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central U.S. likely to be seasonal to slightly cooler than normal for Wednesday through the first four days of March. Near-normal precipitation now predicted for Nebraska and Kansas for a short time late next week before it trends back to drier than normal next weekend, late in the next weekend through March 4th. The latest 30-day and 90-day outlooks are out. And for the month of March in Nebraska and Kansas, slightly above normal temperatures are predicted with slightly below normal precipitation. During the spring months of March, April, and May, chances increase in Nebraska and Kansas for warmer than normal temperatures and below normal precipitation. Now keep in mind, we, they were saying that February was supposed to be slightly warmer than normal. So we'll let you be the judge of that. (laughs) That didn't come to fruition. Uh, No, at least for most of the month, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Weather factors for the markets include very little rain for crop areas of Argentina and drought expected to remain in effect over the U.S. plains. Conditions will continue to improve the next couple of days across most cold and storm-battered sections of the plains, south and midwest. A storm currently crossing the northwest U.S. will deliver some early weekend snow across the central plains before it reaches the midwest and northeast late in the weekend. In the southern plains, the warmer weather this weekend will offer much improved conditions for livestock. Drought also remains key in the southern plains. Drought forecasts to continue in western areas of the Southern Plains, then expand into south-central areas the next three months. In central Argentina, dryness is a concern this next week for immature corn and soybeans. The next five days, rain chances will be hit or missed. This will favor early harvest, but central Argentina crop ratings notably lower now than a year ago. So we have a, a pretty nice weekend on tap, uh, a week
0: away, less than a week away next Thursday, looking at another potential round of uh, freezing rain and some snow, right? That's your, what you are saying?
4: Yeah, a little bit of light precipitation, I'm guessing, is probably what we're going to see with okay. that system. I don't expect uh, anything too major on the way by late next week. Okay, very good. Well, for a full weekend forecast, where can somebody go? Weather page, com. <laughs> Watch the Sunrise Report live from the Nebraska Ag Expo on our Facebook page. Catch the program
0: each day of the show, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The Sunrise Report is brought to you by the
5: Nebraska Ag Expo and Prairie Industries.
6: Chad Moyer back with you here on the Rural Radio Network in time for a conversation with Nebraska Ag Climatologist Al Dutcher. Al, good to have you on with us uh, here this week. And we are seeing temperatures come back up. But what comes with that is a chance for precipitation, it sounds like. Give us the summary, Al.
7: Yeah, Chad, it sure does. You know, I have a couple bullets to dodge. But considering what we just went through, this is going to be a cakewalk, so to speak. Basically, we have to the west of us a little trough that's going to roll through in a northwest to southeast flow. So it's going to basically coming out of the northern Rockies, and it's going to take an eastward drift as it moves through the region as we go through tomorrow afternoon into Sunday. The last couple runs of the GFS model have been expanding the precipitation with this system. it looked like just a light snow event of maybe a trace actually may end up being one of those one-to-three-inch snows here across eastern Nebraska. And what's more important is it's starting to show more better returns in western Nebraska. We may actually see, you know, up to an inch, and maybe if we get some heavier snow bands, a a couple inches. So I would pay attention as we go through the next 24 hours to see whether the system juices up a little bit more. But we should see quite a bit of warming these next two days, even though we're going to be still well below normal across eastern Nebraska. We're still going to make it into low to mid-30s across the southern part of the state. And in western Nebraska, we're pushing up across across the 40s degree mark, most likely. Then this assistant comes through on Saturday night into Sunday. We will see a cool down, probably a couple degrees. And then we will see basically warmer conditions move in on Monday and Tuesday. And we're going to be well up into the upper 30s to lower 40s across the region. We're going to see a lot of snow melt probably occur. We'll probably start to see some release of our ice on our rivers. And I would be aware for folks that live in close proximity to areas that are regularly incur ice jam situations that we'll probably see some of those form over this next week. But at this point, it doesn't look like we're going to see any significant runoff from the snowpack that would induce widespread flooding. With that being said, by the time we get to the middle of next week, another trough seems to want to move through. And the miles are bringing that a little bit colder than it was here 24 hours ago. Right now, it's showing a dry precipitation funnel boundary passage as the system kind of digs toward the south. But it hangs up over southern Kansas, and a low-pressure system develops along that as we go into the day Thursday. And that system is to move rapidly toward the Ohio River Valley. As it does, that will allow some warmer air to rebuild back in as we go into the end of the next week. But at the same time, we have a trough building into the Pacific Northwest that is expected to start pushing into the central rockies as we get to the end of the month. There is the potential for a system to develop out of that or potentially to potential to start to see some increased storm activity across the central points.
6: Just this idea of the warm-up after a two-week cold snap, you know, now we've got ice on lakes and rivers and streams, fairly decent snow cover. The warm-up, as much as we want it, probably isn't going to happen very fast, is it?
7: No, it's not. You know, you've got to remember that we have a snow pack that absorbed the temperature of the air earlier in the week. So it's got to warm up also. So until we get up into the 40s and the overnight low is getting up into the upper 20s, we're really not going to see a lot of snow melt as much as we'll see snow settling and melting through that pack. And that water or moisture will move to the ground surface. The other thing that we got going for us is that we don't have a tremendous water equivalency in the snowpack across the heavier areas. Top values are probably in the 1.4 to about the 1.8 inch range, and we don't have a real sudden rain event or moving up into the 40s and 50s or beyond in a long-term basis. Now, as we get to early March, there are signs that we will see much warmer conditions build in, but by that time, we should have eroded up much of the snowpack that exists right now.
6: Al Dutcher, Nebraska Ag Climatologist with us here on the Rural Radio Network, and after the last couple of weeks, Giving us a a little bit of hope in the uh, weather outlook here this week. On the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.
0: It's time for midday sports. Jason Jorgensen has stepped in and uh, high school wrestling happening and a uh, big volleyball game for the Huskers also coming up this weekend.
2: Yeah, the fourth ranked Huskers take on fifth ranked Minnesota twice this weekend at the Devaney Center. Huskers and Gophers will battle tonight at eight. And Husker head coach John Cook says the Big Red will need to step it up.
4: Here on out, it's all we're all playing ranked teams and or rivals and still so the inter, you know this is gonna get fun and it's gonna be super competitive and and uh so i think our players are looking forward to it and uh this is why you why you play in the big ten and we're playing uh you know in the next two weeks are number one and number five ranked teams in the country
2: after a rest day tomorrow the teams will square off on sunday morning at 11 which is kind of a different time we will bring you both <laughs> of those matches
0: Yeah, you don't typically see a lot of volleyball games at 11 a.m., so interesting. But again, as you mentioned last hour, during the year of COVID. (laughs) That it is.
2: It was a loss last night for the 12th-ranked UNK women at home in their big matchup against 16th-ranked Central Missouri. As Jenny's pulled it out, winning it 70-66. That now puts the Loopers on the outside looking in in terms of a potential regular season MIAA title. UCM is now 17-2. and They've won 10 in a row. Huge game between them and 17-2 Fort Hayes State tomorrow afternoon in Hayes. That probably will determine... The regular season champion, Lopers are back at home tomorrow as they finish out the home portion of the regular season schedule against Lincoln. Games are at 2 and 4. We will bring in those games over on 93.1 The River, 106.9 in Kearney. Daniel Medvedev has reached the second Grand Slam final of his career by winning today at the Australian Open. Medvedev will now face off against eight-time champion Novak Djokovic at Melbourne Park on Sunday in the final there. Good luck to him. He'll be an underdog in that one. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> unless, I would say so. Unless Djokovic takes it out on one of the you know <laughs> ball boys there, but we'll see. And the Tri City Storm returns home to the Bierro Center tonight for the first of an eight game homestand. They will take on the Lincoln Stars.
0: You know, it was interesting yesterday to hear State Wrestling Report Championships. On a Thursday mm-hmm. evening, just so very odd. And again, I know we again we talk about it—the year of COVID or the time of COVID. You got to do what you got to do, but just was odd. And to see videos on social media of them <laughs> celebrating uh, state championships—they usually
2: have their parade of champions, right. And that's a little different this yeah, year. Yeah. So, uh, Class B finishing up at this time. Hmm. C will start uh, later on tonight. They go from five until nine, and then B and C wrap up tomorrow with championships beginning at seven.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's time for Midday News. Ellen Simmons has now stepped in. And Ellen, how's the, the week been going?
8: You know, it's been pretty good, even though it started out kind of crappy.
0: <laughs> started off very, very cold. Yes. And, uh, you know, the temperatures aren't bad out right now, but, uh, you know, it's easy for you not to say when we're sitting indoors no, the entire true. time. But uh, true. We both have family members that, that work outside that are farmers or ranchers. Yeah. And uh, we've been thinking about them, and I'm sure that they're very, very glad to be seeing teens and 20s instead of negative 30 degrees or 40 degrees.
8: Yeah, and I'm sure most of those cows are like, can we just get the snow off of our backs at this point?
0: <laughs> just unthaw, basically. Yeah. Let's thaw out. Did you have family that were calving yet? Yeah, Um.
8: so my brother, he is calving currently, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he had... I, I want to say five plus on the ground at this point, but... Okay. Um, oh. Other than that, I don't think my dad has had any drop yet, so...
0: Did he have any earlier this week during those brutal temperatures?
8: Um, my brother did, okay. so...
0: And did they survive? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, good. They
8: did okay, but... Us on the other hand, my husband and I, we did lose one, but we're fall cavers, so oh, it could have okay. been. He just got bloated and sure.
0: keeled over. Sure. So a lot of different things gonna happen. That's that's for yeah. sure. So all right, very good. Well, what do you have for us today?
8: Well, Two Rivers Public Health updated the weekly risk dial on Thursday, February eighteenth. 2021, and the risk dial is further downgraded to moderate this week. Uh, the Two Rivers epidemiologist Arvin Menon said this. Daily COVID counts and positivity rates dropped below 10% for all seven counties in Two Rivers Health District for the first time since mid-August. Over 12,700 residents of the district have received at least one dose of the vaccine, more than 66% of whom are aged 65 years and over. Those eligible for the vaccine are advised to contact their physician or register at trphd.org. In the meantime, residents are advised to continue to adhere to strict preventative measures, social distancing, correct and consistent masking at all times to protect themselves and others. Uh, The full weekly report can now be found online at trphd.org backslash COVID-19. Two Rivers Public Health Department has recently been notified that some of the residents of the district have been called and asked for paying information over the phone regarding receiving a COVID vaccine. This is a scam. No one will call and ask you for payment for receiving a vaccine. The facility you receive your vaccine at may ask for insurance information from you at the time you receive the vaccine, but no one will call to gather that information. A former security guard and coach at Omaha North High School has been accused of sexually assaulting a student for 3 years beginning when she was 15. 52-year-old Ronald Powell is being held without bond on two counts of first-degree sexual assault of a child. He was arrested Monday. The woman told police Powell assaulted her on school property and in hotel rooms beginning in 2015. She said she eventually became pregnant and Powell took her to excuse me, took her to obtain an abortion pill. Powell was hired at Omaha Public Schools as a coach in December 2014 and then as a security guard at North High in 2015. He was fired in 2016 for repeated violations of district policy. Finally, a Nebraska man was found dead in his home Monday night when the temperature inside the home was 14 below zero. Lincoln County Sheriff's Office said Wednesday it's not clear exactly when 65-year-old Danny Effenbeck of Maxwell died. He was last seen February 9th when his brother took him grocery shopping. Test results that will determine how Effenbeck died are pending. Members of Maxwell's Volunteer Fire Department found Effenbeck's body when they went to check on him. Lincoln County Sheriff Jeremy Kramer Said Effenbeck had a history of not having utilities at his home, and he relied on a propane heater for warmth. You can find more news at KRVN.com.
5: On the last rural radio forum, if we get in touch summer, I think then uh, we will have, I think, done our job and and uh, hopefully get every everybody everybody's needs met, and get on uh, to the next issue.
9: Through that whole process, getting over the hurdles with the pandemic and pivoting to online and, and seeing successful sales and seeing positive feedback on posts on social media, you know, will continue to help that, that growth and, and beyond, I think, whatever comes of the pandemic in the future
5: in many ways agriculture really saved the day for america because we did plant a crop we're gonna have food to to eat fight all the all the problems we got our crop planted and we got our crop harvested.
2: listen to the podcast at krvn.com
10: for congressman don bacon spending time in the central and western part of nebraska was twofold One, he wanted to learn more about agriculture throughout the state. And second, his role on the House Ag Committee will give him stronger insight to share with his colleagues in Washington. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I sat down with the congressman on Thursday evening to talk about his role in the Ag Committee and how he sees Nebraska agriculture as a priority.
11: So first of all, you're right, agriculture is the most important industry in Nebraska it's the it is the most dominant part of our economy so we have to protect it and nurture it and and even in Omaha where I'm out of you know the suburbs uh agribusiness dominates Omaha so uh, agriculture is the primary industry and we need to nurture a lead exporter in so many different commodities particularly beef uh, and we need to build on that and I'm excited to be a, the ranking member for nutrition and oversight Uh, My goal is to make it efficient and effective. We want our children and those on SNAP to have uh, nutritious food. Uh, I'm also looking at trying to find ways to limit the cliff effect that I see in so many families where if they earn a dollar more, they they lose hundreds of dollars in uh, social programs. We need to have an incremental or a step process that incentivizes people to go full-time, to get pay raises, and to work themselves out of poverty. Uh, it's terrible for someone to to be given more money in our job, but they lose their budget, so they come out behind. We've got to find a way to stagger those losses so that we incentivize people to get out of poverty. So I, I want to work on that with my Democratic counterparts.
10: Well, I know it, not this past administration, the administration before when a big push for the nutrition program and the changes to how schools serve students. Mm-hmm. And- we should at
11: least evaluate uh, when I go to the schools in Omaha, we see just how important uh, the school lunches and the breakfasts are. And in many cases, that is the most nutritious meals many of our kids have. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a balance, uh, too, on that. So I, I, I'm willing to look forward to having committee hearings and figure out what is the, the if there's a smarter approach. I'm all for it. If, if we didn't have the school lunch program, there would be some kids that would be malnutrition, And so this is often the best meal many children get.
10: What has been your view of agriculture as you've headed um, outside of Omaha and really seeing what else Nebraska has to offer?
11: I'm always reminded it's complicated, and I admire our farmers and ranchers because they have a very hard job. They take risk every season. And so I'm a corn and soybean kid, By I was on a farm growing up and left it at 21 to join the Air Force. And I've enjoyed learning the diversity in Nebraska, you know, the dry beans, the sugar uh, beets and all these different unique crops out there and each one has their own challenges so I enjoy meeting the farmers and learning what uh, we need to do for like a farm bill that's different for them versus corn and soybeans Mm -hmm. so uh, the complexity I'm always impressed with and I admire the hard work and the folks who work the fields and work uh, livestock Uh, they feed America uh, but it's very challenging you know they have very little margins of income
10: I want to ask the question because you and I talked about it beforehand. Um, you are spending some time checking out all of Nebraska, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit on a fact-finding mission in some ways for you, as we know that many folks are looking at the run for governor.
11: Mm-hmm. Well, I've sure enjoyed serving in the second district. Uh, it's been—it's one of the most purple districts in the country. I've had to work very hard uh, to win and uh, to be there, and I think we've been effective. I've passed ten bills. I got money for the base to be restored after the floods. And we got you know, new highway stuff for the local area, so I feel good about what we've done. Uh, but I've spent a whole career serving in one way or the other, and I am willing to continue serving if I think it's you know God wants me to continue, and if there's a desire. So I've enjoyed talking to the folks along the way, going down I eighty primarily, and just hearing what people think about the governor's race. Uh, would they be interested in a, my candidacy? And and I've learned a lot. I've enjoyed I. I enjoy eye-to-eye contact, uh, shaking hands and hearing from people uh, personally. It's sure better than Zoom. I hate that the truth. <laughs> yes.
10: And, and the fact that, if, if nothing else, you're taking this information and gleaning it yeah. to be able to utilize on your committees right. in Washington, D.C. Yeah, this, well,
11: most of this has been agriculture-based uh, based on my committee assignment. Uh, but I won't deny I am praying about where God would have me next, and I just want to do the right thing. And part, I think part of praying is listening. Uh, to what people are saying because uh, god speaks through other people and you can hear concerns and i'm just you know seeking his will but i enjoy serving and nebraska is a special state you know i i lived in 16 i had 60 different assignments in the air force no better place to live uh than nebraska i loved how we were treated when i was the base commander at Offutt. Uh they've taken the nebraskans have taken me in uh better than i could ever have expected uh, I got three of my kids moved here and their spouses, so I got three of my four kids here. I got six grandkids, and uh, so I enjoy. I love the state, and I just want to keep building on, on its goodness. You know, it's a uh, one of the best places to have uh, businesses, one of the best places to live. When you look at all the the polling and all the feedback that people give, and we just want to build on that and keep making it better.
10: That's my conversation with Congressman Don Bacon, who represents the second district in Nebraska. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
3: With a business report for Friday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are making modest gains in trading on Wall Street, recovering some ground after three days of losses. Investors remain focused on the future of the COVID-stricken economy and the potential for more stimulus to fix it. Small company stocks are rising more than the rest of the market, as they have done since the beginning of the year. Those companies would benefit the most from a pickup in the economy. In another sign that investors are anticipating growth and potentially higher inflation, Treasury yields continued to march higher. The yield on the 10-year Treasury note rose 1.31%, though that's still low by historical standards. Sales of previously occupied U.S. homes rose again last month, a sign that the housing market's strong momentum for 2020 may be carrying over into this year. The National Association of Realtors says existing home sales rose of a percent in January from the previous month to a seasonally adjusted rate of 6.69 million annualized units. Sales were up 23.7% from a year earlier and the strongest pace since October. Texas Governor Greg Abbott wants mandates that would require power plants to withstand extreme winter weather. The number of Texas residents still without electricity today was less than 200,000 after historic snowfall and single-digit temperatures buckled the state's electric grid. Abbott has laid much of the blame on the state's grid operators and has called for investigations. The weather is blamed for more than 20 deaths in Texas. The United States is once again part of the Paris Climate Accord. World leaders are applauding today's formal return to the mostly voluntary 2015 agreement, saying it is symbolic and important. They say they expect the United States to show leadership in the fight against warming by setting strong targets for carbon pollution cuts by 2030. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan.
12: It is time again for Friday Feeders, which is brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. Today we're joined by Hannah Esch. She's the founder of Oak Barn Beef. And Hannah, we know you've been awfully busy, so thank you so much for taking time to join us today.
9: Absolutely. I love this segment and happy to be on again.
12: So Hannah, whether we want to believe it or not, grilling season actually is right around the corner. And for you, you definitely have to prepare in advance, but... Before you can get to grilling season, you mentioned that Saint Patrick's Day is coming up and that is a busy time for you guys. Tell us about what you're doing to prepare for Saint Patrick's Day.
9: Right. Well I'm super excited for grilling season with Keeping there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's coming soon. Um, Some other things we are planning a brisket sale and kind of a special around St. Patrick's Day. So if anybody loves corned beef or that's a tradition in their family, we would love to be the supplier of those beef briskets to turn it into corned beef and celebrate the holiday. Other than that, we'll have some specials coming out on beef jerky and. Uh, If anybody's interested, they can sign up for our email list, and I push those specials out on there and social media.
12: Cool. So on this topic, a lot of us who have our own beef processed, at least for me, I'm used to taking the steer, dropping it off, and then going to pick up the meat. But can you walk us through the process of what happens when that beef is at the slaughterhouse?
9: Yeah, absolutely. I do take my cattle to a USDA inspected butcher too, so I have a similar story where I just drop them off and then pick up the meat, but I do know more about the process beyond that. So a USDA inspector is there through the whole entire process when it is federally inspected, so they watch the actual slaughter process to make sure everything's humane and follows food safety guidelines. And then the carcass is hung in the cooler for whatever amount of time that the producer would like. But typically it's 7 to 10 days and then our beef is dry-aged so we try to get them to hang it for 21 days with them being so busy lately. We had to switch to 14 days but that just allowed the beef to become a lot more tender and flavorful through that process. Um, So once the beef is done hanging for that amount of time, then the processor will cut each individual cut, like like what you pick up. They break it down into actual steaks and hamburger and go through all of that. And our packaging is all of our beef is vacuum sealed. And then our hamburger, some of that is vacuum sealed and some of it is and the tubes too. And then it is flash frozen uh, right away. So then when I pick it up, it's frozen and can go straight into my freezer. Hannah, for...
12: New customers or customers who, you know, you have customers out in California who might not be familiar with the process. What kind of questions do you get from them about beef processing?
9: I think the biggest one, and this actually came from um, somebody in Nebraska, but they had gotten a quarter of a beef from a silent auction that it was entered into as a fundraiser. And they were very shocked. They thought they were going to get the, the brain, the heart, the liver, and all of that when they got a quarter of a beef. And typically, unless it's it's by request, we, we don't provide any of that. So it was just something I hadn't thought about that that is probably just the conception if you're getting a quarter of a beef, you're going to get, like, the whole entire beef. But that is completely up to preference.
12: All right. Great information, Hannah. Thanks so much.
9: <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me on.
12: And that again is Hannah Esch joining us. She's the founder of Oak Barn Beef for this week's edition of Friday Feeders, which is brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank.
5: on the World Radio Network, let's check in with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag, marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Not quite a volatile day of trade, but another day that saw losses in both the corn and the wheat markets. However, it looks like we saw bear spreading going on with those uh, new crop contracts finally becoming a little more popular. John, what do you make of it?
13: Well, I think the, the spec money in the back that have been bull spread here doesn't really know what to do. I think they look at the new crop acres and they're like, okay, you know, it makes sense that we're going to be at a discount to, uh, the, the old crop here, giving the old crop supply to it, but then you start digging into the, the balance sheets and you're really not looking at a difference. So, you know, the inversion could go away pretty quickly. And not saying that the front month has to fall apart, but, you know, you might see some backspreading on that. Uh, March delivery is pretty important here. So we've got, what, six days, a week from today, uh, will be the first notice day for March corn futures and soybeans. and That's a pretty, you know, decent spot as far as making decisions for folks It's kind of line in the family that, that a lot of folks will sell here. Uh, but nothing's changing the trend. Exports this morning a little bit subpar, so but you know they're just coming back down to where they should be. In the case of corn, you get kind of the yin and the yang each week, and today was the down week. You know, next week I doubt we'll see any announcements of China uh, being on holiday, but um, global offers still up, and uh, you know, global wheat tenders as well from the overnight were at new highs. So there's really not a whole lot of pressure one way
5: or the other. In my opinion. Here on the macro level we have the Federal Reserve President Williams coming out this afternoon saying that the inflation on that treasury yield curve rate that that's expected to be uh, somewhat increasing of an opening, opening economy. However, does inflation concern anything from the producer standpoint, especially when it comes to things like inputs?
13: Yeah, I think you should be probably figuring out a way to lock in inputs. input. Uh, you know, it's hard buy-side hedging is difficult because, you know, you're essentially putting your, your money out there for a product that you are not going to use yet, and there's a value in that, you know. But there's also, uh, you know, the last few years sitting around and buying hand-to-mouth, it's kind of been the – you've been the beneficiary of that, and vice versa, the sell side really. You know, those folks with storage were paying for it. Now, the folks with storage, there's value, and the value is really showing up here. And when we look long-term at the market, um, you know, I – I don't see if inflation is going to kick in. You're talking about 6% growth in the U.S. Like four fifty corn is it's very, very cheap, in my opinion. And it puts no pressure on anybody to change behavior. And in the long term, that's what we need, especially on the feed-bearing side. So. But timber corn, especially, in my opinion, is pretty cheap.
5: That is John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Learn more at DanielsAgMarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. All right, thank you very much, Clay.
0: That'll wrap up this Friday edition of Midday. If you missed anything, you can listen to our Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors. That can be found at krvn.com.